Welcome to the Make the Day Awesome podcast, where we share stories of hope and inspiration to shine a light on a better tomorrow. But for today, I hope you choose to make the day awesome. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Make the Day Awesome podcast. It is a beautiful Monday morning here in South Florida. And guys, I am fired up this morning for what's to come because (laughs) this is the third time I've recorded this episode and the flow is it's pouring out right now. But before we get started, before we kick it off, I want to say thank you to everybody who tunes in, who listens, who shares, who rates, who reviews this show because that is how we get our message out. That is how we impact the world that we live in. That is how we change the lives of the people around us. And guys, I have to take a moment quickly here and apologize for last week. I don't know what headspace I was in, but we are coming out of it. We're going to get dialed back in. We're going to get these podcasts up early. We're going to dial into the things that need to be done, the things that have to be taken care of to move the needle forward because what's coming right now, what's coming in this next season is huge. We are uprooting everything that we are comfortable with and walking into the unknown. As of February 21st, we will no longer be in South Florida. I took an offer that was absolutely amazing that's going to take us to a place that's even more amazing and I'm excited for this new adventure and I've been running around for the last week saying I'm going in as stretchy as Gumby we got Tampa on the 18th and 19th Orlando on the 20th and then the 21st we are off to Dallas So, guys, there's going to be some big changes, and we just need to get it dialed in before that happens so that we can ensure the consistency that we need going into this season so we can impact the lives that we're called to impact. So, thank you to everybody who has been here, and I apologize for last week. We are not going to have a break like that again. I already have interviews lined up with some amazing people, Clint Riggin founder of Limitless Coaching, online fitness coaching. Um, This guy is an absolute beast. He's a champion bodybuilder. Um, Guys, he's definitely one to listen for. Uh, We got some other podcasts coming up, interviews coming up. Uh, I'll name drop those later, but Clint Riggin will be up this Thursday. You can listen to his story, what he went through, and his battles, and how he got through and chose to make the day awesome. But that being said, the other day I sat down to, oh my gosh, my blood is flowing, it's pumping. The other day I sat down to write a post on Facebook and this post for Facebook ended up becoming this um, thousand word start of a document that is actually going to be the intro to the next book. This book will be titled The Make the Day Awesome Book. And it's going to be all about how we choose to live our life, to regain control over our life, and to choose 
the outcome of our life. That being said, that post turned into the introduction of the book. The book is going to be launched in March. If you go to mtdabook.bonesitesplural.com, uh, you can get on the mailing list and get updates as to the launch schedule and processing and everything. And we will get it launched here soon. But guys, this is the book that I break down everything. Every barrier, every wall, bridges will fall. Um, there is nothing that I'm not unpacking through all of this. And it's scary. It's scary as hell. But we're going to get through it. Because one of the biggest things that, that plague us, especially people with my personality type, is people-pleasing. And we go into a lot more detail in the book on this, but we are going to talk about the people-pleasing aspect of life right now because this is what started the journey as we know it. And there are lessons that had to be learned along the way. And guys, two years ago is when life started to slip for me. A year ago, February 1st, 2021, I wanted to put my truck over a bridge because I couldn't carry the weight anymore. Because Pandora's box said, boom, I'm here, exploded open, everything came pouring back. Every thought, every hurt, every hang up, everything that was packed away that I thought that I didn't have to deal with anymore came back. Full force. And that night, I wanted to put my truck over a bridge. Not to die, but to go through the physical pain because I thought the physical pain would be easier than learning the shit that I needed to learn in the journey. And here we are a year later. We have an awesome podcast. We have one book done, a second book coming out, editing other books, a network that has grown substantially. All because I decided to start taking care of me. And guys, let me be clear here for a quick moment. Before we dive into all this, taking care of yourself is not selfish. Let me say that again. Taking care of yourself is not selfish. You see, growing up, we're going to dive into a little bit of the backstory here. Growing up, I was the oldest of four kids. And after we moved back to Ohio, we, that's when the other, the final two were born. Um, me and my next brother, we kind of spent some time in Hawaii, but that's no, neither here nor there. Coming back to Ohio, I really remember right about nine years old or so, my mom and dad started fighting like cats and dogs. Cats and dogs. They were at each other's throat. There was physical, verbal, mental abuse, uh, emotional abuse, financial abuse. Um, you name it, we dealt with that. And as me being the oldest, I was a mama's boy. 
110%. I love my mom. I craved my dad's attention that I never got. But I loved my mom. So much, in fact, that there's an article written about me from my youth. I was set to go to, or I did go, to the 1997 Boy Scout National Jamboree. And going to that jamboree, I wanted to be the hometown reporter. So I put in the application for it. I got it. And the newspaper, I got to go meet the the editor there, um, Ernie Brown at the Vindicator. And we sat down, had a conversation. Mom was there. He told me all about what he does. And he put me in contact with who I'm going to be in contact with. And, you know, all that fun shit that as a um, 12-year-old child was like cooler than hell. Like, I'm going to be writing articles in the newspaper. This is so freaking dope. But in that article, one of the questions that they had when they did their bio about me was what I wanted to be when I grew up. And what I wanted to be when I grew up was a top-notch attorney. Word for word is what is in my bio. Let me fill you in on something here. I wanted to race cars. I wanted to fly jets. I wanted to be an attorney. Basically, like, Tom Cruise was like, yeah, I'll admit it. I was a fanboy. Top Gun, Days of Thunder, um, A Few Good Men, all epic movies, all how kind of I saw life playing out. Not so much the the racing, um, although I do have a need for speed. Um, But, like, my plan coming out of high school was to go in the military and fly jets and um, go to officer school and get my degree and study law and be a JAG. And, like, that was my plan in high school. Flying was at the head of it. But looking back, looking back now that I'm in my late 30s, right? I'm 37 now as we record this episode. Looking back at everything that I've unpacked over the last year, because a year ago, shit hit the fan. Everything came back. I had to start releasing it little by little, learning the lessons each step of the way, learning what affected me the way it has to get me to where I am. And the biggest, the biggest singular problem in it all was people-pleasing. Because I needed to be Superman for everybody else, but I couldn't be Superman for myself. Whether it was because I had to put everybody first or I thought it selfish... Actually, it was more so I thought it selfish. And I had to learn for myself that I'm not a selfish person. Take care of myself, yes. Selfish, no. There's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself, guys. There's nothing wrong with putting you first. It's not selfish. If you're cocky and arrogant about it, yes. Then it gets selfish. But that's not who I am. And I don't let that define me anymore. 
But what I still do battle is people-pleasing. Because I feel the need to be everybody's Superman. And going back, we're going to bring that back here. We're going to bring this plane in to level ground. We were talking about my childhood and the nasty divorce that my parents went through. Well, when I was a kid, I wanted to be that top-notch attorney, right? What, what was in the bio article of the newspaper that I was going to be writing in. I wanted to be a top-notch attorney, but it wasn't because I knew what that looked like at the time. Actually, I think at that time, A Few Good Men was even... I, I don't know how long it had been out for at that time. But we are going to Google it here. Okay, so that film came out in 92. By then, I was it was 96. Um, but probably not a movie I've seen because of language and whatnot. Um, very conservative. Anyway, going through that nasty divorce as the oldest of four, one of the things that has stuck with me, and I didn't realize it until now, is the phrase, you need to be the man of the house. And let me, let me be clear on this right now. If you're going through any situation, any separation, any divorce, any, anything that has dad or mom out of the house, do not do this to your kids. Because it will fuck them up and you will pay for it in the future. I don't want my parents to pay for it. I don't want my family to pay for it. But I see what it's done by forcing me to grow up at that young age. You know why I wanted to be a top-notch attorney? It was so that my mom didn't have to go through what she was facing. Because she couldn't afford a good attorney. Because my mom wasn't working. My dad was making enough to keep the household going. So when time came for the divorce, my mom had nobody. And yet my dad was showing up at the court with custom t-shirts every time. Antagonizing the judge on those shirts. Petty as fuck. I know it. Petty. But do not tell your kids to grow up and be the man of the house or the woman of the house or anything like that. I was the oldest of four. I had the responsibility of watching over my siblings. When mom was at work, I was the man of the house. Yep. And through... This last season, I learned that one of the biggest battles I faced, not, not, aside from people-pleasing, like that's, that's the root of the problem. But one of the other battles I face is my mental age. There are times when adulting is going great, everything's right where it should be, life is good. But then there's times where I sit back and question, like, is this what 30 or almost 40-year-old Josh should be doing? Or is this 16-year-old Josh again? 
And he rears his ugly head every once in a while. And I have to remember and realize it and snap out so that I can get back on track. But it's a result of that people-pleasing. When my mom and dad would get into their fights and dad would end up in jail or what, I mean, I can't tell you how many times he ended up in jail. But what I can tell you is when they would get in these fights, I was there with my mom late at night, cleaning up the house, consoling her, um, being there for her. And it wasn't until in this last year that I realized that my mom wasn't really my mom. And I know that's hard as shit to say. But when you're there going through all the emotions and all the hurts and being strong for her to get through it, it shifts something inside of you. And for the longest time, that that mentality right there, that... Um, that relationship between me and my mom that we had as a, that I had as a child caused problems in other relationships almost any woman that was significantly older than me and friends of Somebody, like, somebody, I, I, I don't know the best way to put this out there, but I was always looking for that mom and everybody else. And that has had nasty effects on relationships. I feel like I feel like, A, I already know this episode is going longer than normal, guys. And thank you for being here through this. Because people-pleasing is that big of a deal. People-pleasing through my childhood, being there to console mom, being there for her, stepping in for everybody all the time and not taking time for myself. Saying yes to everything. It trickled into my adult relationships. Even when I knew it was a stretch or I probably couldn't pull it off, I would find a way. Because in my head, it was my job to be Superman for everybody else. And over this last year, I've slowly worked on taking that away. On eliminating that thought process. And if you're dealing with any type of hurts or hang-ups, 
I compel you to start looking at the root cause of where it all stems from. Maybe it's people-pleasing. Maybe it's something else. Who knows? But taking care of yourself is number one. Saying no to the things that don't bring you joy, that don't support your mission, that's okay. Guys, it took me 30 years to figure this part out. And I'm working on it every day. You don't just get up and change it overnight. That first time you say no, it's going to hurt. You're going to question if you should have said yes. The person that you tell no might be upset. The person that you say no to might not talk to you again. But it is 100% okay to take care of yourself. Stop trying to be Superman for everybody else. It's time to be Superman for yourself. I love you guys. As always, have an awesome day. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.